Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. The aerial flip out now as Jordan Stahl as he handled the puck at the Caps blue line for a momentary bit of pressure. Now it's the Caps. Tom Wilson comes in. Reimer with a big save. Dear Gussie. James Reimer with a snow angel and comes up for the big save. To- this is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Dear Gussie? Did I just hear a dear Gussie? Well, it's the exhibition season, and it does not count. Carolina falls to Washington by a score of 3-2. to two. I am Adam Golden. Welcome to the Morning After podcast brought to us by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, the Aluminum Company of North Carolina is the place to go. AluminumCompany.com. Helmets, gutter helmets I'm talking about, of course, uh, siding, roofing, windows, everything, doors, entry doors, uh, bay and bow windows, you know, uh, I'm there all the time. Uh, So we thank the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. This is the first of what will be at least 20 morning after podcasts because you got to win 19 to win the Stanley Cup, right? Uh, Toss this game in the trash, and frankly, you could have tossed this game in the trash even had they won it. They did not win. They did not play well. Uh, And uh, we'll go through likes and dislikes, and we'll be joined by Alec Campbell in just a little bit. Uh, Let's real quick go through some of the things that we saw in terms of the goals. Uh, Let's just talk about the three goals that Washington scored in this game and what Washington was uh, about as interested in the third period as you would have expected in an exhibition game after playing a relatively good, not great, first 20 minutes, first 40 minutes. First goal uh, came uh, Alexander Ovechkin on the power play. Uh, look, we could, uh, we could sit here all day long and say, hey, Ovechkin from his spot on the power play. Two things happened that I didn't like on that goal. The first one, uh, and really it was the last one, is that Peter Morozik probably should have had it. Uh, yeah, but it's Ovechkin. Yeah, Peter Morozik wasn't going post to post for that. He was he was waiting. He was aware uh, of where Ovechkin was, uh, and it kind of went through him. So to me, Morozik was in position to make the save and didn't. And in the postseason, uh, you need you have to make those saves. Uh, so that's one that Peter Morozik would have liked to have had back. Uh, But really, the beginning of that play was, I think, just a mental mistake, maybe as much as anything, by Jordan Stahl. Uh, Carolina had the puck shorthanded at the the blue line, and they were going in. Um, But uh, Washington hustled back, and Stahl tried to make a pass along the blue line. I'm not sure who it was to. Might have been to Teravinen, but I don't want to uh, single anybody out there. It wasn't anybody's fault, really, but Stahl's. And uh, Washington 
uh, picked the puck off and went the other way and ultimately it ended up in a goal. Uh, in that situation, Jordan will be the first to tell you, probably should have just got the puck in deep if there wasn't a clear scoring opportunity and there wasn't. So that's the first mistake of two mistakes on the first goal. Uh, the second mistake, uh, the, or the second Washington goal after Vinny Trocek made it uh, 1-1 with a garbage goal but a good hustle play, uh, Brady Shea trying to stick handle through the Washington uh, offensive team and did, I think it was Tom Wilson, did Wilson or somebody else slash Brady Shea? Yeah, I think so. I think this, there was a slash involved, but guess what? You shouldn't be trying to stick handle your way out of trouble. Just get the puck out. Uh, and that really has been something that has sort of uh, kind of plagued Brady Shea since coming over from the Rangers in the trade. So those two mistakes lead to the first two Washington goals. The third Washington goal that made it 3-1 in the second period uh, really was at the end of an excellent shift by the Trocek line. And Nino Niederreiter was clearly out of gas uh, and he sort of made an attempt to stop Tom Wilson on the rush with the puck, but he sort of just kind of reached and had no uh, poor positioning. And then Wilson got past Jacob Slavin along the wall, uh, which doesn't happen very often, but it happened. And again, the game doesn't count. But those three mistakes, very correctable mistakes by Carolina, uh, led to Washington's three goals. Uh, so that was my view of Washington's three goals, the two for Carolina. Uh, we can actually let you uh, let you listen uh, to one of them. This is the power play goal, uh, Tavo Teravainen from Sebastian. For Justin Williams, 45 seconds to go on the five-on-three. Ajo drifts to the top, goes into the dots, fires for Teravainen, and Teravainen puts it right on. And he scores! It's through, my friend. A little tough on the TV, but a huge goal there for the So here's the uh, here's the deal with that. Uh, Kane's got a five on three, second uh, two pa- two penalties, uh, pretty much rapid fire on Washington, and um, just impressive work with uh, Aho in the middle of the ice, uh, kind of knowing where Teravainen was going to be, and he found him for the one timer, uh, and it beat uh, Washington's I don't know fourth string goalie. Uh, don't remember his name, and we're not going to have to. Uh, looked like it might have beaten him short side, uh, but they needed a goal. They got to within uh, 3-2, and they had some chances after that as well, uh, but uh, Slavin down the slot shorthanded. Uh, Brady Shea had another chance, uh, not shorthanded, but he had a chance uh, in the third period. They just couldn't find the equalizer. Uh, they were a much better team in the third period than they were in the uh, in the second and first periods. Uh, but that goal made it 3-2. The first goal was Trocek, uh, and that was a uh, really a garbage play uh, where Carolina did a good job forcing the play at the blue line, kept the puck in, got it to the front of the net, uh, and it just kind of, uh, Braden Holtby lost control of the puck. It hit the post, came back at him. It kind of squeaked through his pads, uh, and then Trocek punched it in uh, with the net off the moorings, but Nick Dowd, moved it off on purpose, and I'm not sure if they ruled that it was just a goal because of that or if that Trocek was about to uh, bang it home anyway uh, so it didn't matter that Dowd uh, moved the net off the moorings so uh, Carolina got the equalizer. It was then 1-1. couple of likes, couple of dislikes, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk to Alec Campbell 
uh, the host of Stormwatch and Aftermath likes. I really liked, matter of fact, there was only two players that I really liked today. Uh, and they were Vincent Trocek, who I thought was very good throughout, start to finish, hustle goal, drew penalties, created the shorthanded chance I, men- chance I mentioned earlier for Slavin uh, with some really good persistence in the corner to the right of the Washington goal. Uh, I thought Trocek was dynamite, and I am a believer that in good playoff series, the third lines matter, and Rod doesn't like to number his lines, but I'll be surprised if Jordan Stahl doesn't get, uh, if not the top defensive assignment, the next defensive assignment, and Aho, Teravainen, and Svechnikov, which I assume will stay as a trio, uh, they're going to get top-line minutes. So that means that Trocek, probably with Niederreiter and tonight, Dezingle, this afternoon, Dezingle. Um, actually, no, Dezingle was playing with uh, Stahl and Williams for most of the game. Uh, Trocek was playing with Niederreiter and, I believe, Fogel. I thought they were excellent. And to me, if your third line, think about Charlie Coyle last year for Boston against Carolina. He was a demon. Um, but if uh, if you think about what, uh, what the, the Hurricanes can be if Trocek is a dangerous offensive player because he's a very good defensive player, wins faceoffs, and you can use him in all situations. It just makes them that much better, and I think that was very encouraging to to see the way Trocek played. Does Ryan Dezingle, I thought, played really well, created chances, and I think should be good in a series that, to me, has two advantages. The Rangers don't play great defense. Not, I'm not saying the Rangers are not capable. They're really good but they don't play great defense, and I think Ryan Dezingle can get some freedom to move, and if he's a confident player, I think he can be really dangerous against New York. Um, But I also think that early on, it's going to be somewhat helter-skelter, and I think that kind of fits into what Dezingle likes to do. Uh, Speed game up and down the ice, and I think Ryan was good. I thought Ryan was good in his own end uh, tonight, so two good things I thought. Uh, for the uh, for the Hurricanes and Vincent Trocek and Ryan Dezingle up front. Uh, on the back end, I don't think anybody was great. I think their two best defensemen, as far as I watched, I mean, Jacob Slavin's always their best, but I don't think Slavin was great tonight. Uh, Hayden Fleury and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, I thought both played well. And I actually think Joel Edmondson played pretty well, too. Uh, he did take a penalty. But I think it will be interesting because there are decisions to be made now, uh, and we'll talk lineups when we talk with Alec Campbell a little bit uh, later on. But I thought Hayden Fleury and Trevor Van Riemsdyk both played well tonight. Carolina played all seven NHL defensemen, and Rod has some decisions to make, as he mentioned in the postgame. Dislikes. Well, I mean, honestly, the first two periods of the game, there wasn't much to like there. Uh, There wasn't a lot of danger for Carolina. There were some chances. Brock McGinn came in uh, with a really good chance that he fired high. Nobody's surprised there. Uh, We had uh, Brady Shea in the third period. You had uh, Jacob Slavin, who I think was uh, not great tonight, but he had a super chance shorthanded uh, that I believe uh, the Washington goaltender turned aside. Uh, so not a lot of danger, but late the third period was their best their best period. And I would say the same thing for Brady Shea. I thought Shea, other than the mistake I mentioned earlier, I thought he was meh. And I thought Sammy Votnin was meh too, uh, especially early. But the third period, Brady Shea looked better. Same thing with Sammy Votnin, looked better in the third period. 
Uh, Peter Morazic. I Again, as I mentioned earlier, think he should have had the first Ovechkin goal. Do not fault him at all in the next two. Uh, he was kind of hung out to dry by mistakes. Um, he fought the puck a little bit, which is obviously not what you want. Uh, but right before Washington scored the third goal that made it 3-1, which, again, not his fault uh, because of the breakdowns defensively in the neutral zone and then uh, Wilson beating Slavin. Um, but Morazic had a pretty good sequence where he made three really nice saves, big saves, in the span of about a minute and a half, it seemed. And you would have liked to have seen Morazic go off, you know, basically like a shooter in basketball making his last shot. You would have liked to have seen Morazic go off on that, uh, but he goes off with the bad taste of a third goal. He allowed three goals and 16 shots. Uh, but So I didn't love Morazic, but he had his moments, uh, and that's good. I'll tell you who I did like. James Reimer. Uh, two things about Reimer. One, he's sort of unflappable. In many ways, he's like Curtis McElhenney was a year ago. Uh, Reimer had statistically the better season than Peter Mrazek. Uh He doesn't have as high a ceiling, uh, but he had statistically the better season. He uh, had one game against the Rangers. I mean, nobody won a game against the Rangers, but Reimer was outstanding in the game he played against the Rangers, 941 save percentage, I believe 26 uh, saves on 28 shots in the first game uh, that the Rangers uh, the Rangers won at PNC Arena. That's the game where Henrik Lundqvist made, I believe, 455 saves. Um, but Reimer was really good today. And uh, you heard that at the front. That's what gave us the uh, dear Gussie. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks to Mike Maniscalco. That's our uh, that's our you consume me uh, moment, the dear Gussie thing. Uh, but I liked James Reimer, and I think there's something to be there's a decision to make with regards to that. Uh, will James Reimer get the start against the Washington Capitals on Saturday? If I'm Rod Brindamore, I think the answer is yes. You get two things. One, you get the guy who played better against New York. You get the guy who played better three days prior because they play Saturday, Wednesday, three days prior. And I think you also motivate Peter a little bit. So I got no problem with that. All right, short break. Then Alec Campbell will join us. We bring in Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath host, my friend, uh, I work with him every day uh, at Alec Campbell Five on Twitter. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get right to it. James Reimer or Peter Morazic on Saturday? What say Alec Campbell? Oh, I think it's James Reimer, no question. I mean, we keep talking about what you can and can't take from the regular season, and if I remember correctly, I think Peter was not that great against New York in the regular season, no. um, but. The other thing, too, is that here's the, here's the thing about exhibitions is that you can't take anything from them, but at the same time, they're the only thing you can take stuff from. So, you know, it's all we have to, on which to draw right now. And I know Rod Brindamore is a merit-based dude, and the most recent best goaltending we've seen is James Reimer, and I also think I also think that you can put some stock into the fact 
that Reimer was sitting for the first half of the game. So I think there's something to be said for, you know, not having the luxury of knowing you're going to start, warming up to start, and then getting into the game as opposed to not starting, sitting there for half a game, and then having to come in and play. And he was easily the better goaltender after having sat there for a while. So if it's me, I start Reimer. All right. Uh, I, there are, to me, there are three reasons why you start James Reimer on Saturday against the Rangers. One, uh, he did have a start against the Rangers. He was in the Henrik Lundqvist 455 save game at PNC Arena, and uh, Reimer played really well, really well in that game. He didn't play the other three. Morazic was eh in, uh, in those three games. So, to me, you, that's one. Reimer played better against the Rangers than Morazic did this year. Two, Reimer played better today <laughs> right. uh, than Morazic did. And don't you think, because I think we all agree, Peter's got a higher ceiling than Reimer does. Uh, and if you start Reimer in game one, maybe it's a little bit of motivation for Peter Morazic. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that, you definitely have to play that game with Peter, for sure. All right, let's get to some other things. Um what did you what did you like, if anything, about the forward group? Um, I mean, I would say that I liked individuals. I'm not sure that I liked a whole lot of like team play, I guess. I mean, there there just wasn't really a ton of great opportunity generated. I mean, there were a few good ones, but I didn't think there were really a whole lot of them. But I mean, I liked Vincent Trocheck tonight. I liked Ryan Dezingle tonight. Um, I mean, outside of that, I, I didn't really think anyone was terrible. I didn't really think anyone was great. So I'm kind of come see, come saw on a lot of them. I'll be interested to see if Nate just draws into the lineup on Saturday and how that kind of affects things. But I, I, I wasn't blown away by really any one person. I mean, it's a nice feed from... Sebastian Ajo over to Tebo Teravina on the five-on-three power play and a good finish from Tebo. But, you know, five-on-three power plays when you're down in the third period or something you got to score on. So it's almost like being, you know, it's almost like being complimented for a chore you're supposed to do anyway. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how did you feel about it? I, there, were, there were individual things that I liked about it, but I, I, I wasn't really blown away by any one thing. You mentioned the two players I thought, two forwards I thought played the best uh, in Trocek and Dezingle. I thought Vincent Trocek uh, was the only player on uh, on the Hurricanes who was good in the first, second, and third periods. I mean, I think he was, I think he was excellent. He created chances. He created a shorthanded chance for Jacob Slavin in the third period uh, that Carolina didn't bury. I think it was in the third period that Carolina didn't bury. Might have been in the second. I don't remember now. Uh, but I thought that was a really good play from Trocheck. And I think he's, I, you know, it's, it's funny there. Uh, I think it was late in the game, uh, and uh, Aho uh, jumps a face off. I guess it was a power play. Might have been the six on four. Aho jumps the face off. They had their uh, and that Trocheck was taking, and so they kick Trocheck out of the uh, face off circle, and Aho has to take the draw, and he loses the draw, and they lose possession of the puck. Uh, it was actually a pretty big thing. I thought Vincent played really well. I thought Dezingle played really well. Um, I think the the Ranger series for two reasons kind of sets up well for Ryan, 
in that it's uh, it's a team that doesn't play great defensively. So it could be an up-and-down game, which I think benefits him. And also, yeah. early on, it's going to be a little pond hockey-ish, don't you think? Yeah, probably. I would think so. Um, I mean, the Hurricanes love to play pond hockey, and they love to allow other teams to play pond hockey as well. And you mentioned the Rangers. The back end isn't isn't all that strong for them. I'm curious, did we see Zingle on a power play unit tonight? Uh, I think he was on the second unit. I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely sure. We saw a lot of Morgan Geeky tonight. I've never, I've, I've watched Morgan Geeky play three hockey games, uh, in his, in his life. And I have not been disappointed in Morgan Geeky once. He wasn't great today, but nobody was great. Uh, but he doesn't hurt them. He never hurts them. Uh, and yeah. you mentioned Martin Natchez. Uh, here's a little bit of, uh, a birdie told me. Um, both Natchez and Dougie Hamilton were on the ice today. They didn't practice uh, with the group. They didn't go through because nobody skated, but they skated a little bit today. Natchez went a little bit harder than Dougie Hamilton, uh, which doesn't tell us whether or not either is going to play. I would I would lean towards neither playing on Saturday, uh, but Natchez appears closer than Hamilton. But the fact that they were both on skates is probably a good sign that it won't be so long for yeah. both players. So now that, I mean, long is a week now because the series starts on Saturday and it ends the following Saturday uh, if it goes the distance. So there's not a lot of time. So it might not, I mean, Dougie might be more than 10 days away. I don't know. But both guys skated today. Nature's is closer than Dougie. Uh, so I will drop that nugget on you. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to make of the fact that Doug. I mean, the fact that Dougie was on the trip with them. I mean, I don't know who would have, who else they could have brought with them if he wasn't on the trip. But I like to think that if he had some kind of an injury that was going to extend beyond any length of this playoffs, you know, he probably wouldn't be there. He'd probably be, probably be rehabbing here. So, I mean, to me, that makes it feel like he's closer than not. Like, like that it's, it's a possibility we could yeah. see him. If, if not in the first series, then in the second series, you know, pending the Hurricanes uh, advancement to a second series. But, I mean, I don't know if that's an indication of that or not. But, um, you know, I guess same with Natchez is that, you know, they, they made the trip to the bubble. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know why you would make a trip to a bubble in the pandemic if there was no chance of you playing at all. I mean, I know Brett Pesci is not there, but right. his timeline is such that it could he could be ready to go uh, during the during the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, that that's encouraging to me. And look, I hope <laughs> I hope it's sooner rather than later, because, you know, trips set on the aftermath today that. Dougie in the next series or Dougie with, without Dougie this series, you can get through, but probably not in the next series. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. All right, let's get to the defense uh, because I think that's probably, and, and this is not all on defensemen because I think there were enough mistakes made by forwards in the group today that didn't make it easy on the defense. Uh, but... Um, if I, I mean, Jacob Slavin's always good. I didn't think Jacob Slavin was great today. 
Uh, he's, no. but it, we'll just leave Slavin aside because nobody is worried about 74. Uh, but assess the other six guys who played. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I would agree with you on Slavin. I'm curious. I'm curious about his mentality when he was, um, beaten by Wilson on that third goal. I mean, is that exhibition checking? I mean, <laughs> what, 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 what was that? You know, I mean, and Slavin's not necessarily the most physical guy in general, but does he maybe rub Wilson out a little harder? Yeah. If you know what I mean, in a real game, um, who knows if that's the case. Botnin, I thought struggled at first, but I thought maybe he got a little bit better. I liked getting him some power play time. I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Botnin. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, it doesn't feel like other people are the same concern level as me with him. But I mean, we always talk about how difficult it is for guys to come in and learn a system and, you know, <laughs> gel with a new team. Yeah. And we talk about it with Shea and Trocek and all that, but no one's talking about it with Botnin. I mean, he's never played in this system. Literally until tonight, he had not laced up a skate in a game in a Hurricanes uniform yeah. with anyone else. So that is a little bit concerning to me. Now, as I've said in, in previous podcasts, does his high end outweigh any type of chemistry system concerns that you might have? Maybe it does, especially if Dougie Hamilton's not in the lineup and he can quarterback a power play at least, you know, because there really aren't many guys on, on the Canes that you feel comfortable quarterbacking a, a power play. Uh, and that can be offensive. That can be a threat. So I didn't think he was very good tonight. I thought he was okay, not great. Um, but I don't think that's going to change. I mean, he's one of two right-handed defensemen. Right. There are. So I, I think you got to have him out there unless you decide you want to dress Jake Bean, which even well, Tripp said he doesn't too. think it's – I thought, I thought Bean was a righty. Uh, Bean's a lefty, too. Yeah, they, uh, okay, they, well, then they, never mind. Scrap they, that. <laughs> yeah, Votnin's Va- uh, going to play. I think Brady Shea falls into almost the same category. Yeah, and I thought Shea – I didn't think Shea was good tonight. I thought he had the worst game of the defenseman. Uh, Tripp brought this up in the aftermath about getting Shea back to his offside, moving Edmondson over to his left side on his natural side. Maybe that's the right move for Shea because it seems like Shea has played – a lot on his offside, and he didn't as much tonight. So maybe that's the move for those guys. Um, I like Edmondson. I'm an Edmondson guy. Like, I think he brings a, 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 a style of play that not a lot of Hurricanes bring in terms of just a, just a sandpaper grit factor. He's a shot blocker. He's a penalty killer. Uh, I like he's, – he's big. He's strong. I like him against, you know, I like him against teams like, um, you know, maybe like the, the Caps who – where you need a little bit of a physical edge out there. So I'm in the Edmondson camp here. Um, Flurry, I'm a Flurry guy too. I, I think Flurry was pretty good tonight. I, 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 I didn't dislike his game at all. He might have been uh, he might have been the best defenseman <laughs> now that I think about it. Yeah, he and Trevor Van um, Reemsdyke. I think, to me, those are the two guys that stood out. And yeah, and then, and then you have Van Reemsdyke, who is the only other right-hander apparently. And so do you, do you leave him out? I, I, I thought – TVR was fine tonight, so uh, that's how I view it. If uh, I, I think I said this to you in one of the uh, in one of the 
intermissions uh, is that if if Rod goes strictly merit based, I think Shea is the odd man out. But I don't know yeah. if you if he will go strictly merit based because you don't always have to. I mean, Justin Williams wasn't great tonight. Uh, there's no chance that Justin Williams isn't playing in game one. And I'm not trying to give Brady Shea the same uh, benefit of the doubt we're going to give 14. But the the truth is is that Williams was, wasn't great. He played like a 38-year-old guy tonight. Um, mm-hmm. He had some opportunities that uh, just kind of seemed like it, they got on him too fast. Uh, but uh, Shea wasn't very good. I thought he was better in the third period. I thought the whole team was better in the third period. Uh, but... His first two periods were not good, and did he get the did he get slashed by Wilson in the first that led to the second goal? Probably, but he probably shouldn't have been stick handling it through traffic anyway, trying to get the puck out. Just get the puck out. Right. Uh, and, and also, and also, had he kept the puck in on the offensive end to begin with, maybe it's not there at that right. time. It's, we we can always go back further. That's like, like on the first right. goal. Um, to me, if Jordan Stahl makes the right play, which is simply just feather it into the corner uh, and then go on the forecheck, Washington doesn't get uh, the two Ovechkin cracks at it and the second one goes through Mrazek for the first goal. Uh, when you're uh, when you're shorthanded, you got to be sure that uh, you don't make a mistake at the blue line. It's, you just can't do that uh, when you're down a man already and then Washington comes back with numbers. Um, so, uh, Alec Campbell is starting James Reimer. Uh, are you, uh, are you, I mean, since we're not official. So wait, so, so who did I leave out on defense then? You didn't leave anybody because out. I've got, I've got Vatnin and Slavin. Right. I've got, uh, you, Edmondson. We, we didn't mention Gardner. I thought Jay, uh, Jake, oh, Gardner. Jake, I thought Jake was pretty good tonight. I mean, uh, yeah, I forgot about Gardner. I thought Jake it's played easy really to do. He, I mean, he's, he, he put the puck on net that led to Trocek's uh, garbage goal in the first period, the equalizer that made it 1-1. I thought Jake was pretty good tonight. Uh, and I think the, the power play looked good with Gardner out there. I thought the power play looked better with Gardner than it did with Votnin. Uh Votnin was a little bit paint-by-numbers for me tonight. Uh, so, But yeah. that, it's to be expected when you're playing with a team for the first time. Um, not to mention it's been four and a half months since anybody's played. Uh, so, but I like Gardner tonight, and I think your uh, I think your third pairing is going to be Gardner and Van Riemsdyk. I think the second pairing is going to be Edmondson, and I think it's Flurry. Well, I mean, if, for you, Flurry can is, play his offside. Flurry uh, can play his offside. Yeah, but I think he's gonna. I think that uh, Brady Shea is going to get the first crack uh, at yeah. playing uh, on a second pair, whether he's playing his offside or not. Uh, you also want to take advantage of Shea, maybe just playing against his old team. And yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna right. mention that. that. That that is a thing you have to take into uh, but, into account. But it's worth watching because Flurry was good tonight, and Flurry was really good for the last two months uh, before the pause. And uh, that you know, he's one of yours. He's proven to be an NHL defenseman, and there's no reason he can't play. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it is going to be Slavin and Vatanen up top until uh, until Hamilton can play, and who knows uh, when that's going to be. Uh, but the forward group, I mean, I think we know what the forward group is. Steven Lorenz played. I think he took two shifts, maybe three shifts tops, uh, just to give somebody a blow. That was fine. Uh, but whether uh, the combinations, whatever combinations he wants to use, uh, I, don't, I have no problem with it. I thought Trocek with uh, Dezingle and Svechnikov in the third period looked pretty good back-to-back shifts. Uh, and that was that was with Andre, I believe, on the right side. 
So putting Dezingle back on the left and uh, and Vincent in the middle. I thought that was a pretty good line, too. Uh, I put on Twitter, just file this away, because I'm pretty sure he's going to go with Svetch and the Finns uh, as their top line. But, I mean, I, I thought there was something encouraging about that. Yeah, there's pretty good balance there, if you think about it. I mean, uh, Trocek is, uh, I think, a, a, a gritty center up the middle. You got some speed and zingle and a little bit of skill as well um and Svechnikov obviously is Svechnikov I mean if you can count on Ryan Dezingle to back check the way he did tonight then I think you're gonna have a pretty formidable line there I, I kind of like it as well but I am kind of interested in loading up the top line and seeing how that works for him um we'll see yeah. we'll see if we'll see if that's the right move um and we'll see how it matches up against the Rangers because uh, you know, they don't have that kind of talent necessarily. They got to stretch people out, you know, Panarin on the second line and, 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 uh, what's his name? Uh, Zabanajad. Uh, yeah. Wayne, um, on the first line, the great one, Mika, the great one, Zabanajad. <laughs> so, I mean, he potentially can take advantage of that with a loaded top line and, um, Aho, Teravainen and, and Spechnikov. Uh, but I agree. I think that's probably the way to go. I think Svechnikov, I mean, that's where he's been his most productive is with those dudes. Yeah. And if he's productive, that gives the Hurricanes a pretty good chance. All right. You're productive. I appreciate your time. Uh, we'll do this again. Uh, it all starts for real Saturday morning. At yes. A- hey, by the way, yes. who are you most, which ex Kane are you most afraid of on the Rangers roster? Julian Gauthier, Phil DiGiuseppe. Uh, Greg McKegg or Adam Fox? You know what the answer is. Yeah, I do know what the answer Adam is, but I wanted Fox to make a joke. A baller. Yeah, he is. Adam Fox is a baller. So, all right, then let's narrow that down to the to the first three. <laughs> uh, Greg McKegg. Phil DiGiuseppe's not going to play. Kegger. Yeah, Phil DiGiuseppe's Kegger, not going to draw in. Kegger might not play either. That's true. I mean, I mean, Gautier played when the uh, when the Rangers came to town, and he looked okay. He did uh, he did not look bad to me. Um, so we'll see. I'm, who knows if uh, if any of them are going to play? Uh, they're getting Chris Kreider back, so uh, the Rangers are going to be good. Rangers are good. Um, and dude, I th- I think they're going to be good. I mean, I, I like them in a first round series. You know, like I said, like I don't think they're a team that uh, has what it takes to sustain a long run in the playoffs, but fresh. Injury-free, motivated. I think they're going to be a tough out. Uh, You're a tough out. Man, we'll talk to you later. I thank you very much for your time. All right, Adam. Later, man. Alec Campbell, the man himself. At Alec Campbell 5 on Twitter. Uh, You can also uh, listen to Stormwatch and Aftermath. uh, Stormwatch 1130 Saturday morning. Game 1 qualifying series versus the Rangers. And that does it for us, the uh, the morning after podcast, the map, if you will, brought to us by Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, they're the people to call, aluminumcompany.com. They've got everything you need to make your home more energy efficient and more beauteous as well. Uh, all right, so we'll do the morning after podcast again. Map number two will come after the Canes and the Rangers on Saturday, again, 11.30, Stormwatch on the radio, uh, drop of the puck, a little after high noon in Toronto. And again, I think it'll be James Reimer. 
Uh, but I know we'll be here, and that's all that matters. Uh, for Alec, I thank him. Uh, I am Adam Gold. This is the Canes Corner Podcast, morning after pod edition. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.